You're listening to the Gate Charlotte Podcast. Our mission is to reach people, release heaven, and restore culture, sharing in the love of Jesus and all we do. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Thank you, John, for that. Um, it's, it's such a gift to be in this house. It's, um, we've been here for uh, a, almost about five years now ourselves, um, and, and we were just so gifted to be able to be in this house. John and Tiffany are those people that believe in you, invest in you, and always make better anything that they touch. So um, my life is a testament to that, and I'm so thankful for, for this home, for this house, for the people that have invested into us, and I'm so thankful to be able to be here and sharing with you this morning. That was that was a that was a moving and touching moment. Like, I feel uh, I feel like I'm gonna cry. Um, I probably will. <laughs> wow! Thank you, Father. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? My heart is for the empowered believer. My heart is to see people access the fullness of what Jesus came to give us. I want to see believers moving in the power of, of what Jesus came to give us. What we have in Christ, what we are in Christ, the revealing, the hope of glory here and now, right now. That God has equipped us for everything. John, a couple of years ago, had this message. And he said in this message, what if Christians ran into problems rather than away from them? What would it look like if Christians ran into problems? What if we were the first responders? What would our cities look like? What would our families look like? Fully empowered, we ran into the problem rather than running away from it. Now is a powerful moment in history. Now is a powerful time in history. And I believe that there is an awakening. There is an awakening of an empowered believer moving in the fullness of what Jesus came to give us. Moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe that there is a move that is coming that is now, that is here in this moment. Amen. We just have to wake up and step out in the faith that God is good. Yeah. See, it is the goodness of God that is the beginning to a lifestyle of miracles. It is the goodness of God. It is the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. It is the goodness of God that is the beginning of a lifestyle of miracles. Jesus came demonstrating the kingdom. That's what he talked about. The kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. But what did he say? The kingdom is at hand. Now because of what Jesus has done, the kingdom is where? At hand and in your hands that we have now become the temples of the Holy Spirit. That's really good news. 
And I want to take a look at um, one of the miracles that, that Jesus did that I think will speak to us now and in this hour. I want to take a look at one of the messianic miracles that shows who Jesus is as the Messiah that I think that we need, that is the proponent, that is the momentum that is going to propel us to step out or step into the fullness of what God has called us to. Amen? All right. right we're going to get into Matthew, uh, the end of Matthew 7, right into Matthew 8. Matthew 7, 28 is where we're going to be starting. And this is uh, right on the tail end of the Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus for... Um, it wasn't broken into these kind of chapters, but <laughs> Jesus just finishes giving his Sermon on the Mount, and it says here in Scripture, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd was astonished with his teaching because he was teaching them like one who had authority, not just like the scribes. So the Scripture is already defining that the authority lies with Jesus. The Scripture is already defining that, that the scribes had a, maybe a, there's a difference between a character witness and an eyewitness. A character witness can attest to the, to the character of a person, what they have done in a, in a past history, an eyewitness was there. Jesus talks with the authority of an eyewitness. My Father, kingdom come. The kingdom is for those. He starts out with the Beatitudes, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We'll get there. So from the creation story to revelation, the whole of scripture is about heaven coming to earth. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And the more that we align ourselves with the values of heaven, the truths that Jesus spoke, the more that we will see earth look like heaven. The more that when Christians run into the problem, we will see earth look like heaven. The more that we advance into our cities displaying the love of God. Why? Because they will know that we are Christians by what? Our love. The more that we look like him, the more that they see him. And this is what we're meant to do. We're meant to display Jesus. And I was just so thankful for that worship this morning because I love Jesus. My heart is to display Jesus. I want to live my life like Paul. Follow me as I follow Jesus so that people can see him on me, that people encounter him when they come close to me. I want to live fully on for Jesus. And Jesus came, and what he did came to give us exactly that so that we could do that in turn for everyone else around us. Matthew 8. When he came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him. Right away, a, a man with leprosy came up and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. There's so much to unpack in this moment. Jesus had just finished the Sermon on the Mount, and multitudes had gathered around him. Um, one unique thing about this scripture is that this man had leprosy. 
lepers were outcasts in their society. They were made to stay on the outside. This man had lived his whole life on the outside. So while all the multitudes were up on the mountain, he was made to stay outside. Who knows what that feels like? Who knows what it feels like to be on the outside, to be made to be kept away? Here's a man who, because of that skin condition, um, was, was made or, or was seen as purposefully and, and um, ceremonially regarded as unclean. It was believed that it was even illegal to greet a leper. Rabbinical priests would run and hide from lepers because they were so worried about themselves being made unclean. Because if they were made unclean, then their whole life is lost to them. I want to take a further dive into the mind of of this man. Time and time again, he had to publicly declare that he was a leper. So anytime he got any kind of distance, any type of closeness to anyone, he had to say, hey, I'm a leper. Hey, just so you know, keep your distance. What the pain that that must have caused him, that pain, that hurt, that anguish, that he experienced the loneliness of that life, living alone, living on the outside, and then to watch people run and hide from you. But not our king. Not our king. That's not who he is. I, we don't have this background in the text, but I can only think that he learns of Jesus being up on the mountain. And he waits down at the bottom, knowing that he can't go up there. He can't be a part of that but he waits for this desperate act, this desperate moment to get in front of Jesus. He's thinking to himself, if I can just get in front of him, if he's willing, if he's just willing, if he's like these other rabbis, he's gonna run and hide, but if he's willing, if he really is who he says he is, then everything could change. And everything changed. Lord, If you're willing, make me clean. And Jesus, reaching out his hand, this is in verse three, reaching out his hand, Jesus touched him, saying, I am willing. Be made clean. And immediately, immediately he was cleansed. See, Jesus, in a display of perfect sonship, heals the leper, restoring him to life, a radical of love, touches the untouchable, making the unclean clean, showing the God of love is close to the brokenhearted and ready to heal now. That is who our Jesus is. I will not run and hide from you. I will not be far from you. I will not leave you as a smoking flax. I will come to you. I will call a people that are not my people. 
Because of what Jesus has done, we are called sons and daughters. Because he laid our our sickness and sin and disease in the grave, we now have been raised to life with him and he has given life to our mortal bodies. We have resurrection life on the inside of us. And there is an entire world of people that are feeling just like this leper who has now been made clean, but who feels just like this leper, feeling on the outside, feeling cast out, feeling avoided, feeling downcast, just waiting for a son and daughter of God. I think this is really what it talks about when it says that all of creation groans. All of creation groans for the sons of God to be revealed. You are his child, empowered by the Holy Spirit to live a radical life of love, not worrying about being made unclean, not worrying about being made unpure, but running into the problem, empowered by the Holy Spirit to change everything to transform everything, to turn it on its head and be able to change and reform society. Reform the way that we look at things because the more that we display our love, the more that that's going to be normal. That's the new normal I want. That's the new normal I want. Let's keep going. Verse four, then Jesus told him, see that you don't tell anyone. I mean, I'm the most humble person in the room, but, <laughs> but, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Here we go. Here's the power move. Jesus has just completed the first of the messianic miracles. So what are the messianic miracles? Um, two, uh, there, there's four physical conditions that were believed that only God could heal these things. Only God could heal these things. And the first of which was leprosy. The second was healing of deafness and healing of birth defects, like the man born blind that we see in John 9. And then lastly, um, the, the raising of the dead after three days. Lazarus was healed on the, uh, sorry, he definitely was healed. Um, <laughs> ain't dead anymore. Um, but he was raised alive. John has a great message on, on the raising of Lazarus. Um, it's, it's a great message. It's on our YouTube. Go back and listen. But to that point, there was no biblical record of an Israelite that had been cleansed of leprosy. Only God can do this. So then he, he, he does this to, to, to squash the, the uprising or the momentum of his ministry, I think, in that moment, um, so that it wouldn't grow too fast. He says, don't tell anyone. He doesn't have to tell anyone because no one in history has ever done what he's done. Only God can do this. And so he reveals himself in that way. And then he says, go show yourself to Moses. Why? Because these rabbis that have been avoiding him his entire life, mic drop. 
because those communities were fairly small. And so those same rabbis that had been running and hiding from this man were now going to see that he was the first one made clean, revealing the Messiah. Can you imagine the life that is on the inside of this man being forever changed? So he said, go and show yourself to the priest as Moses had commanded. This is talking about Leviticus 14. There was um, a, uh, a Levitical way of going back and um, a, a procedure that he had to go through. One of the things that Jesus also said in this, uh, in the Beatitudes right before this, is he said, look, I didn't come to ab uh, abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. Everything that we need in Christ has already been done. I talked last time about how everything that we need was done in the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we have access to the fullness of God. We are partakers in the divine nature and that we are the light of the world. Yeah. So what if the light of the world runs into the darkness? What's gonna happen? Illumination. We'll cast out darkness. I want to move to uh, Hebrews real quick. Jesus said that I, I, I don't come to abolish the law, but I come to fulfill it. In Jesus, we have a better covenant. We have better promises. So in this, we see the idea of new covenant healing, of what it looks like to be new covenant believers within this command that he's given us to go and do. He's already commissioned us to go and do, to go into all of the world, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, feed the poor, and cast out devils, just in case you forgot it. <laughs> Hebrews 8, 8-6 is where we're going to start. But Jesus has now obtained a superior ministry. And to that degree, he is the mediator of a better covenant, which has been established on better promises. Amen. For if the first covenant had been... Uh, for if the first covenant had been flawless or faultless, there would have been no occasion for the second one, implying two things. One, that the first, the, the Mosaic law, the Mosaic covenant had faults to it. There are different types of covenants that we see um, that's a sermon on its own, but what we have in Jesus is a better covenant under better promises that we don't have to go through um, the, the sacrifice, um, the, the temple offerings, all of that other stuff. I don't want to live under law. I want to live under a better covenant with better promises, with the inclusion that everyone can come, that everyone can receive healing, that everyone is allowed, that there is no more us there's just we. 
in this covenant. Hebrews 8, 10 13, uh, through 13. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my law into their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. Uh, down to verse 12. For I will forgive their wrongdoing and I will never again remember their sins. Good news? By saying a new covenant, he has declared that the first is obsolete. And what is obsolete and growing old uh, is about to pass away. Come on. What we have in Jesus, what Jesus has already done for us is amazing, is everything. And oftentimes we just don't activate or understand what we actually have in Jesus, what we already have in this kingdom as sons and daughters, the, the, the royalty that we have as kings and priests. We don't quite know. And I, and I would say that, I'm gonna stir this a little bit. A church devoid of power will go to logic and reason but we are meant to show up not in word alone, but in what? Power. We are meant to not only show up in in word, but also in power. And the same power, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit that we are meant to move in. And I would say, if we're not, We're missing out on something that Jesus came to give us, laid his life down to give us. That oneness that he has with the Father. In John 17, he talks about the oneness that I have with you. Now give it to them. The glory that I have now, give it to them. He was about empowering people. He was about lifting people up. And he demonstrated that for us in perfect sonship so that we, in turn, in perfect sonship. It's okay, I'm saying sonship, but I'm I'm also the bride of Christ, so. (laughs) In perfect sonship so that we can display that same love to others. This is what we're meant to do. This is what we're called to do. But I want to be able to activate us in this. I want to be able to, to show us, and we need to start teaching on these things, because if we don't teach on it, we won't have it. I feel like I'm quoting you like nine times today. <laughs> you, teach, you teach what you get. <laughs> but you get what you teach. You get what you teach. And so the more that we activate in being able to move in the gifts of the Spirit, more being able to move in the values and the truths of heaven, the more that we will see this in our cities. The more that we will see the evidence in this in our lives. Because signs and wonders follow what? Those that believe. I believe in miracles. I believe in 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 the outpour of the Holy Spirit. I believe in the empowered believer. 
I believe that we are meant to, called to, designed to move in miracle signs and wonders. And that right now, in this time in history, this is everything that our society needs. Believers on fire, burning with passionate love, a laid down lover, equipped, empowered, receiving, moving in the power of the Holy Spirit, raising the dead, cleansing the leper, feeding the poor, and casting out devils. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. I want to see earth look like heaven. I want to see people look like Jesus. John G. Lake uh, was a healing evangelist, early 1900s, um, who landed in South Africa. I think it was said by Andrew Murray that when he landed, it was like a cyclone, a spiritual cyclone hit South Africa. Wouldn't, wouldn't you love that to be heard of you? When Judy goes into Harris Teeter, it was like a spiritual cyclone. <laughs> There was a bubonic plague that was devastating South Africa. Um, there was a, uh, in this bubonic plague, those that contracted the virus, there was a 100% kill rate. A kill rate was two and four. So John G. Lake, uh, at this time, they were actually offering nurses. So back in the early 1900s, 1908, um, $1,000 if they would come and help. Nurses, if they would come and help. John G. Lake and his team volunteered. They ran into the problem. They offered to just help. Um, they were bringing dead bodies out of houses and burying them in mass graves. This was a devastating, devastating plague that was happening. And he gained the attention of doctors uh, after volunteering during the plague. And, um, and they, they took notice to him, and they saw that the, the plague never touched him, that it never affected him, that him or any of his team. And so he said when the doctor asked him what his secret was, he said, brother, if it is the law, it is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. As I, um, as I long, as I keep my soul in contact with the living God so that his spirit is flowing into my soul and my body, no germ will ever attach itself to me for the spirit of God will kill it. The spirit of God will kill it. He asked the doctors to take foam. This is the grossest way of referring to it. <laughs> From the lungs of the dead plague victims and put it under a microscope. They observed the deadly virus and confirmed that it was the pneumonic bubonic plague. John G. Lake requested that that virus uh, be spread on his hand and that his hand be put under a microscope and he announced that those germs would die. He asked the doctors, uh, or sorry, the doctors found that the germs 
instantly died. The doctors were amazed, and John G. Lake gave glory to God, saying, you can fill my hand with them, and I'll keep it under the microscope. And instead of those germs remaining alive, they will die instantly. Um, John G. Lake went on to, uh, to heal hundreds of thousands of people. Um, he, he left South Africa during that time uh, and went on to establish healing rooms in, um, in Spokane, Washington, um, where he set up uh, different healing rooms where people could come in and receive, receive healing. Did I? So he set up healing rooms. Thanks, everybody. That was so kind of you. You were so nice. You, like, remained really focused. and I saw you. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he, he went and established these healing rooms in Spokane, Washington. And from this, he saw hundreds of thousands of people to the point where Spokane, Washington became known as the healthiest place in the nation and later the world. What if Christians ran into the problem? We have, a, we have an opportunity right now to show Jesus to the world. Not worrying about being made sick, not worrying about how, what, what loss it's going to cost us, but running into the problem and saying, I have something that's better than this. I love John G. Lake's confidence. If you want to read more about him, there's a great book. It's called God's Generals. I took the cover off of it. Actually, I think my wife did because it looked better on the shelf without it. She's my interior designer. Here's, here's what we need to do. Acts 10.38. Jesus of Nazareth um, how God had anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, went about doing good and healing all, say all, all, that were oppressed of the devil, and God was with him. Jesus, in the perfect display of sonship, went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Everyone that the Father sent him to was healed, and everyone that came to him was healed. Every funeral that he went to, he overturned. And he did some pretty cool stuff at weddings, too. So then what's our opportunity? What's our responsibility to this world? If we're not equipped for the work of the gospel, we won't be able to do the work when the work is then presented to us. We need to understand that we are already called and commissioned to do what Jesus was doing. And he said even greater miracles even greater miracles you will do than this. Who's ready for some greater miracles? Who's raising the dead already? I saw that hand. No. <laughs> so we got some work to do, right? So let's do that work. Let's equip ourselves for the work of the gospel so that the, when the work of the gospel presents itself, we're ready to do the work.
Cool. I want to um, just activate us in a, in a prayer model um, for being able to, in power evangelism, go out and heal the sick. So that if, if you are uh, like Jesus and you're walking down from a mountain after preaching to multitudes, um, that, that you yourself uh, will be able to, um, to heal the sick, cleanse the leper, uh, feed the poor, raise the dead, and cast out devils. Um, so I want to, uh, this is a five-step prayer model, um, and, and we're going to talk through this a little bit. So the first step is interview. So um, introducing yourself, talking to somebody else. Um, Hi, my name is. What's your name? We got that part. Um, we want to know how long this person has had this particular condition or how long it's been affecting them. One of the things that I typically like to do, especially when we're working with our prayer team, is ask people on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the worst, 1 being uh, the least, how much pain are you in right now? So that way, before praying, before anything, you can get a grid of where they're at, right? That's good to do. You guys with me? Okay. Then we ask God, but we command pain. I want to make that clear. We don't command God to heal. We ask God, but understanding that all of everything that we've, we need in this healing, Jesus has already done. God, would you, in the power of the Holy Spirit, now heal this person? We command pain, saying short, simple steps, simple prayers of pain go, sickness go, afflicting spirits leave, um, and, and this is really just simple prayers. We see, you know, heaven come. Um, the third step within this is to uh, ask the Holy Spirit uh, in, in his specific power to, uh, if there's anybody that we need to forgive in connection with this accident, injury, or anything along those lines. And so we, we pray in that way. The fourth step is to re-interview. So praying for this person, laying hands on them. We believe on the praying of, of laying on of hands. So re-interviewing this person after we've prayed and saying, okay, where is this pain now? Is this pain here? Is this pain gone? Um, is it, you know, is it a five and now it's a three? Um, is it, uh, you know, is it still in your leg? Is it changed? Do something that you couldn't do before. And then lastly, step five is to testify and give thanks. This is an important part. When we see God do something, it's important for us to thank God for it. And I believe that there is a, a ceiling, a, a, a really something that helps us to be able to keep that healing. And that's the important part. All right. So welcome to being part of the prayer team. Um, what I'd like to do is let's all stand for a moment. Um, I want you to kind of just feel your bodies for a second. You may be well aware of something that you need prayer for or something that you need uh, help with. Um, I'm going to ask if, if you feel like you need healing in your body today, um, just go ahead and put up a hand where you are. We're not going to call out conditions or anything like that, but if you need a healing in your body Let's put a hand up. Okay, great. Let's go ahead and keep those hands up. Um, and people that are around them, please come near them. And if they're comfortable with it, lay a hand on them. Introduce yourselves. Say hi. My name is, your name is. Great. 
Wow. Thank you, Father. Good, good, good. All right. So I want you to ask this person, what is it that we're praying for today? Wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Get an idea of where that, that pain is, to what degree. Scale of one to 10. Thank you, Lord. All right. And now we're going we're gonna to pray. And in praying, we're going to tell that pain to go. So I want you to put a hand on this person. Wow. And say, in the name of Jesus, pain, go. Sickness, go. If it is a part of their body that needs healing or restoration, um, we speak to that body part and we say, be restored now and in the name of Jesus. Yeah. The individual that's being prayed for, whoa, now is your time to just receive. Thank you, Lord. This healing belongs to me because of what Jesus has done. I receive my healing now. Now, in the name of Jesus, he is willing. Father, I thank you for angels on assignment. Lord, I thank you for, for angels and, and ministering spirits. I ask that you would just release angels all throughout the room, that you would touch bodies and heal hearts. God, I thank you that you are releasing your miracle, wonder-working power all throughout this room through your body of empowered believers that are saying yes to what you have already done. Lord, we thank you for power being released right now. Kingdom of God come into bodies right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. Now we're going to take a quick moment and we're going to re-interview that person. Re-interview that person. Have them do something that they couldn't do before. Have them try something that they couldn't do before. Move in some way. Um, or, or check part of their body. If you need to, you can even go to the bathroom and check um, if you need to check different places. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And then check to see if on a scale of one to 10, notable change. I want you to wave at me after you've talked to them if you're seeing notable change. I'm seeing some notable change over here. Amen. Come on, let's give thanks. We're hearing some notable change over here. Amen. Give thanks. We're seeing some notable change over here. Amen. Give thanks. Wow. Thank you, Father. Uh, we're going to pray one more time for those individuals that, that feel like they may need more healing. Yeah. Don't leave. This is yours. Something, something to pay attention to. Sometimes when you're praying for people, if you're being prayed for, there's times that you pray for somebody and you ask them, how are you doing? And they'll actually say either we've had this where the pain is getting worse or sometimes it's like it was actually in this shoulder and all of a sudden the pain's in this shoulder. When you have something like that, it's really clear usually you're dealing with a spirit of infirmity, not just a injury or pain. And so if, if you feel that when you're being pr prayed for, 
usually there's something, someone you need to forgive. There's a process of just releasing it to the Lord. That's a lot bigger than we can get into right now. But if you're feeling the pain moving or getting worse, it's a pretty good indication you need to deal with the spirit behind it, not just an injury or pain. So that's just really important because if you feel that, then you need to come before the Lord and say, Lord, I just release this person. I forgive this person and I command a spirit of infirmity to go in Jesus' name. So make sure to deal with that. That's good. Thank you, Father. All right. Let's pray again. Yeah. You feel it? You feel it rising? Yeah. John just said there's faith in the room. I just feel faith in the room rising. Father, thank you, Lord, that that you have already healed and you're continuing heal. Lord, I give you thanks for the victory that's being released in the room. That pain is going. That sickness is going. Those things that have been afflicting us are going right now in the name of Jesus. So we command the spirit of infirmity to leave now in the name of Jesus by the authority that you have given us. Lord, we thank you so much for your precious blood and by your stripes, we are healed healed. Thank you, Father. Let's go ahead and and just check again. Check again. If you're noticing a change or a difference in your body, can you wave a hand at me? Can I see those, those ones that already experienced healing as well? One, two, three, four, five. Wave a hand at me. Wave a hand at me. Come on. That's awesome. Let's give thanks. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this room. I thank you, Father. If you, I, I just want to open this up because I feel like there's something more here. There's really something that's untapped. And John, I, w- I want to partner with you in this. Um, if, if you just want more of God, if you want to see those miracles, signs, and wonders happening in your life on a bigger scale, you're ready to start stepping out in faith. Um, you know, we know faith is spelled R-A-S-K. So, uh, so stepping out in the faith and, and the really in the, in the power that you have been given in the Holy Spirit, you want more of God. I just want to, we want to lay hands on you. We want to open this up and just lay hands on you. So if you would, please come forward. Father, I thank you so much for what you've done today. I thank you for those lives that have been changed. I thank you for healing hearts and transforming families. I thank you that, that God, you are giving us an opportunity to uh, step out into the problem, to be the light in the world. I thank you, Father, that you are... Um, radiating and shining through us. I thank you for your power now moving into this room. Wow. Thank you, Father. If you have been healed, um, could you just also come up to this side here? Because I just, I want to hear. I want to hear what's going on. Can you just come up? Wow. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yeah. If you want more of the Lord, just come up. Come to the front. Prayer team, I want to invite you up now to start laying hands on people. Here's the first of our healings. Uh, I want Kristen to just be able to talk a little bit and share what's going on. Okay, so for a couple days now, I haven't been able to roll my foot. Um, The joint in my foot just felt completely locked up, lots and lots of pain. So I've been running around like on one foot or, you know, limping. Um, So... Um, 
where was the where was the pain before? You said you had a, you had pain in your foot, and your pain was out in a yeah, it was like an ache in in the joint of my foot. So um, as we started to pray, um, I immediately felt it decrease. It was just like whoosh, and I thought, okay, this is awesome. <laughs> but you know, each time I walked, I had that check in my spirit, like, don't you dare. <laughs> What's that song? Don't you don't dare tell me it can't be done. You know, I was like, yeah, yeah, don't you dare. So. Um, so each time they prayed, it got significantly less and less and less. And I think I'm down to just barely touching a one on the pain scale. And Christina and I both felt that the Lord said, you continue to praise and worship and that'll go away. So that's where I'm at. So Father, we just thank you from, from an eight to a one. Come on, let's just give thanks from an eight to a one to barely any pain. Will you stand behind her real fast? So Father, we just thank you for even more right now in the name of Jesus, that this healing complete completes all the way, all the way, Father. We just thank you so much, wow, for what you have done. Father, we release just more of your Holy Spirit on Christy, that, that Father, that she would have a testimony of this miracle and that she would go collect 10 of her own. And so Father, I just ask for your fire to be poured out on her and an increase in your healing now in Jesus' name. Who else got healed? Who else experienced a, 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 a notable change in their body that wants to share? Come on, I saw the hands. We have a, an email on the screen. Um, this is one that we set up so that we could, uh, we could receive your testimonies. If you want to share about your testimonies, maybe you don't have the time to share it right now. But if you want to share about your testimonies, there's testimony at thegatecharlotte.com. Um, we receive those, we read those, we pray, pray over those. And, uh, and I just really believe that there's so many people that are up here being touched right now. So thank you so much. Father, I just thank you for everything that you've done today and that you're continuing to do. Lord, we respond to the initiative of heaven that is in Jesus and we just say yes. We say yes to everything that you've given us. We say yes uh, to all that you are. We say yes in Jesus' name. Yeah. That there would just be a release of the, the power of the Holy Spirit over our city of Charlotte and out to the nations, God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Bless you guys. Thank you so much. You've been listening to The Gate Charlotte's podcast. Consider subscribing so you don't miss a message or sending this to someone who might need encouragement today. Thanks for joining us.